and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. This is Wade, not in the podcast studio, um, but in a Holiday Inn Express. We, we've taken the roadcaster on the road. This is the first time it's gone on the road. We've done the Zoom before, and I would say it's a not only a Holiday Inn Express, it's a nice Holiday Inn Express. Well, when we checked in. I didn't know if we were going <laughs> to... Okay, we're not going to say which one it is because... The guy did his best, and I don't want it to seem like a, a poor rating on him. There was a dispute with another customer that did not turn violent, but uh, not a, No, not a co- contractor. I, I think he was also staying, so. Uh, or contractor. We're not quite sure. So we got here. We drove. Um, we took a little bit of a scenic view. Yeah. Mike, in his infinite wisdom, um, he, he sensed a historic site that we should see. And so he took us through, the, was it the birthplace? Or the childhood home? Childhood home. Childhood home, not birthplace. Of your favorite. Yeah. Ronald Reagan. Not not my favorite, but um, I did share some Reagan facts, which we will not share on the podcast. I did too. I chimed in with some stuff. Yeah. And uh, and so we took a little bit of a scenic route, but we got to, I would say, warm, hilly, big sky, um, uh, friendly. Omaha, Nebraska. We got here probably 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. Closer to 9. And went to check in. And this person, who may have been a contractor or a customer or both. may have been. On something. Or not. Yes. But probably, probably on something. Was yelling to the, um, do you say clerk? What do you call the front desk person? That person who was across the parking lot yelling, um, don't come in here, don't come in here. And that, I would say, seemed problematic from the get-go for us. My, I was immediately thinking, this is going to be not a normal check-in. And uh, so we came in and we waited a bit, and indeed it, it turned out he was not coming in. And then after a while, the... Um, what seemed like the aggressor, the, the customer contractor. Mike went back outside, and so he was talking to me and um, some of the other pastors, and and he apologized, and he said, I told him there were customers here and come back in. And, and I said, well, when we got here, weren't you yelling, don't come in here, don't you dare come in here? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, it seems like that might be a bit of a mixed message. Right? But in your infinite prudence, stopped there mm-hmm. and didn't push it. Oh, because, yeah, I really, everything in me, was saying to push further. Um, and uh, Mike say, went out. You know what? Mike did a very pastoral thing. Mike went out and talked to him, and I believe you said something along the lines of, if you don't feel safe, we'll wait. Yep, that's fine. Which was nice, because I did not want to wait. Yeah. I, I was ready for everybody to not feel safe, but get checked in. Let's just say the, the good couple of deputies from the sheriff's office mm-hmm. came, and, and everything turned out okay. And I even got some points, Extra which is points. why I don't want to throw this guy under the bus. Yeah. He tossed <laughs> me some IHG points, and I, I like those. Um, but otherwise, nice hotel. Yeah. And uh, we presented today. Yeah, we're here at the uh, our favorite, at least my favorite, summer quarter pastors conference. Yes. They do it well done. Michael here. and I both have come to this numerous times when we weren't presenting. And, and now, uh, we uh, I presented last year. You presented in the, in in the past, and now we're uh, you're doing some flacious stuff. I'm doing worship stuff. Yeah. And there's some good good pastors from. 
Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska, Minnesota. They've had people yeah. from Wisconsin. You know who's Utah not here? Before. Our dear friend of years, friend of the podcast, Tyler Peel. No, he's not here. Not here. But he's in this district, I found out. But you know who's here? Danberg. That's true. And he's on the podcast right now. First uh, appearance. My brother. Of what should be at least two. Yeah, my brother. Uh, pastor and we should have not let the brother thing go. We should let we should have waited and oh, see yeah. if we got emails and say are they related? Uh, in Harrisonville, uh, Missouri, south of Kansas City, and he's uh, graciously come on the podcast. And I will say, um, I don't do much on the gram, as the kids say. I mostly go on there to make sure that Jason has not messaged me on there, or liked any of my stuff. Um, but uh, Dan Dan's, also does videos. Dan's hot on there. Yeah. He does videos like you do where the words appear. Yeah, he does it better than I do. And I watch those videos and I enjoy them. He does it I would I would I would commend them um to other people who What what is your your IG handle? I don't know. Um I'd have to figure out. So you say I you say IG not the gram? I don't know. Uh It might be Rev Danberg. Well why don't you look that up because maybe people will begin to follow you. I would say um Michaels I watch for a little bit and I chuckle. Because I just think it's funny that he's been forced to do this. <laughs> I've enjoyed Dan's. Dan's comes from a pastoral heart. Mine comes from... I usually... Kind of I find out three things when I look at Mike's. I find out... I'm going to try a, to do better. I'm gonna what's try he to wearing better. today? Because sometimes I'm going to the office, and then I know... And my favorite's like when you're wearing Wisco gear. Yeah. Because I like that Mike. I like Wisco gear Mike. I'm, it's mostly like, I have five minutes, let's just yeah. do this. Secondly, <laughs> is he at home or in the office? Yeah. Um, Home's and then better. thirdly... Which book is he talking about? That's the three well, things. That I, I'm, I haven't talked about the books in a long time. Yeah. Even though that's the reason. That's true. Why I, I will say you branched out. I'm going to do better. I'm going to try. No, you're to doing do, well. I'm going to try to do. I better. have zero gram videos. I just occasionally post stuff so I can get mad at Jason if he likes it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Dan, introduce yourself. How about we'll do well, that we, next? Well, we have to do one. What do we do next? What are we part of? We're a part of the fifteen seventeen podcast network. Where do you go to? And you go to either 1517.com or 1517.org. I'm that not sure one, which one. That org. I think it's org. And uh, you go there, and you know what you'll find there? A lot of resources, probably. You'll find, I don't know, what are they up for? 14 podcasts, something like that? 19. So much content and a variety of content. It's amazing um, the different things we do. Like, we're each responsible for very different things. Like, and with 1517, it's like split in an odd way. Like the other day, Mike told me something, and I'm like, um, he's like, yeah, do that, because 1517 said to, and I'm like, no, they didn't, and he's like, oh, yeah, they sent something, and then it turns out, like, they did, mm-hmm. but then, like, anything that's, like, how many podcasts there are, dot org, whatever, then that's, that's my you. wheelhouse. That's you. Yeah. So, here's the deal. If I get an email from 1517, anybody from 1517, I read it as a as a, as a dutiful servant, but right. anything yep. that comes Mike from- Mike does that. Anything that comes from Caleb- that's to do with the podcast. I ignore and hope me, that yeah. you do it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, which is is fair because I yeah. do that, and then you know what else you'll. It's find. like the headshots. Member, you're yeah. like, are you getting a headshot? Yeah. I'm like, get. What do you mean getting a headshot? And then it was a thing I was supposed to read. To be fair, I do that with WLC emails for you too. I mm-hmm. have to interpret them for you. Okay. Okay, you, but you know what else you find 1579 there? 1579.org, Yep. You know what else you find there besides uh, a variety of podcasts that uh, are done very well. Uh, hit, you know, history. History of Christianity, mm-hmm. um, all sorts of different kinds of things, and and I would say, 
not only well done, but like the design of these is, is, is well done. Yeah. And then, um, the aesthetic. Yeah. The aesthetic's very good. Uh, there are, are often, it's not always daily, but like a devotion. Mm-hmm. Almost daily. Yeah. And, uh, uh, not only will you find that content, but uh, there's a shop mm-hmm. where you can purchase Michael's uh, books, my books, your books. Mm. Um, you probably better get Mike's. <laughs> um, there's uh, a lot of stuff from poor Erickson. He just got another uh, one. He was posted yeah. another one. Uh, um, I like uh, the. I can't remember his first name, but Anderson has a couple books on on. Reason. Oh, he's got a good new one. We Real got sent, yeah. One, yeah. Uh, Chad Bird. Everybody knows Chad Bird. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just going to find a lot of good stuff there. So I would definitely go to 1517.com. If that doesn't work, or, go to 1517.org. Go to .org. Yeah, this, now I just have org. to ask because I was going to kick out of the org com thing. If you have questions too and you want our help, you can email us at... Uh, <laughs> Wade.johnston no. at wlc.edu. Okay. Podcast <laughs> at letthebirdfly.com. All right, I apologize, but we've now we've done our duty. Yeah. And the duty is done, and now we can move on. Um, Michael, you're now in charge. Please introduce our guest. You already gave away it's your brother, which I wish yeah. you would so not. Dan, Dan, if you see Dan, you were like, oh, that's Mike, but skinny. I'll take that. He yeah. is skinnier. Yes, yeah. I'll grant that. that. That's Mike, but skinny. Okay. He's right. got darker hair. Both have beards. Mm-hmm. Uh, both, uh, I would say, extreme. His is more trimmed. Yeah, I would say both extremely charming. <laughs> well, yeah. Handsome. Handsome. I would, I would, handsome was a good, handsome Do you wear contacts? Word. I do not work. I have perfect. Dan's got glasses. He's got glasses. Yeah, I wear glasses. Nice. So anyway, uh, Dan, tell us about yourself, your, where you serve, and, and the family and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm uh, married to Rachel, and she's amazing. Um, we've got four boys. Legit, le- legit musician. Not legit, like, yeah. Not like some whatever that plays in a some grunge garage band or no, like yeah. St. Joseph Symphony, Symphony and the Kansas City Civic Orchestra. But she probably could play in a grunge band if she wanted, she wanted to. Yeah. Oh yeah, but she's not she doesn't to. want to. Right. A <laughs> Georgia alum. Yeah, UGA. Uga. Bulldog. Yeah. Matthew Stafford. Uga. Uga. Yeah, she's loving loving that. Loving the Braves right now. Does she now. like Matthew Stafford? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think he's accomplished what few people could do which is He's still well-loved at his previous franchise. Every, yeah. Everybody loves him except that lady that fell off the stage right by him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's... that's to be fair, that was not his fault. It was not his fault, but he let's say that he didn't go out of, out of his way at all to help the situation. I don't think we're required to. Nope. No, that's um, perfect. Yeah. So anyway, yes, sorry. Rachel? Yeah, yeah. yeah we got four boys. Uh, well-behaved. Beha- well Well-beaten. Well, um, you guys didn't they're sp- boys. You guys didn't split that up at all, huh? You just you took girls, girls, you took boys? boys. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We uh, have your well-behaved boys when they see me uh, usually punch me at about their height. Yeah, uh, if you can yeah. put that together, that's their hello. I hope yeah. they're getting tall quick. They've <laughs> got some jokes about your weight, and um, <laughs> <laughs> they're not tall enough yet. <laughs> anyway, guess. Yeah, yeah, four boys, ten uh, down to five uh, right now, uh, and. Good wild boys, um, and uh, yeah, they've got some good jokes about Uncle Mike and uh, everyone else in the family. And oh, I'm fat. Um, yeah, I didn't know this. Yeah, I keep I mean, trying it's to. Fa- it's fair. Yeah. There's there's one joke. There's a movie that we watch all the time where uh, there's a line uh, that 
he says, and you call yourself a professor? I say, hey, next time you say Uncle Mike. <laughs> Whenever he does something, just say, hey, you call yourself a professor. That's great. But, All right, I do have you know. to ask, and I feel like I know this from the past, but um, Mike has very eclectic sports allegiances. Yeah. So I'm assuming Michigan fan because you seemed upset, or you seemed not upset. You seem to have thought my Michigan State stuff earlier was stupid, which I respect from a Michigan fan. Yeah. So Michigan fan? Oh, yeah. Okay. Baseball? My veins are blue, you see. Nice. Yeah. Baseball? Cardinals. So that's in common. Mm -hmm. Hockey? Blues. That's in common. So see, so... Joe was an outsider with the Dodgers then, huh? Yeah, he, uh, well, I mean, we were there with Oral right. Hershiser. Was he blues for hockey, or did I try to remember Florida. if he had He's a, actually blues for hockey, yeah. Yeah. And then, do you care about, you don't really care about football, Lakers. you got a football allegiance? Uh, I've been all over the place. Uh, we're we're in Kansas City right now, and it's kind of nice to watch the Kansas City Chiefs right Cause now. Because Joe so. was Raiders, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. he had that glorious tracksuit. Yeah. Um, you care about NBA? I love the Lakers. And that um, you are Lakers as well, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Is Joe Lakers? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So there is a consistency in the Berg allegiances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not uh, 100% But your father is a Tigers fan, if I remember, right? Yeah, he's on yeah. Michigan stuff. And, and the younger two. But he's U of M for college? Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. unfortunate. Otherwise, I'm not say page with him then. Yeah, we're consistent on U of M. But our household, uh, we've been getting pretty close to having UGA, U of M mm. uh, football playoffs. And I'm hoping... Maybe this is the year that mm. uh, we meet up and probably get embarrassed by yeah, if you guys now, now, the coaches old, out now, of now the oldest boy. Uh, you should talk about his sports allegiance team. How, yeah, how he how does how does uh, Matthias choose his sports? So Matthias, <laughs> we were watching the Bruins and the Blues. Gloria, S- yeah, Stanley Cup Finals. Blues finally won, but early in that series, he became a Bruins fan because for, I was for a what Blues. reason? Because I was a Blues fan, yeah. And sometimes he cheers against, like, maybe the Cardinals for no other reason. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't yeah. like, Dropkick Murphys. Yeah. <laughs> so They uh, got a Bruins song. Yeah. So um, usually, like, you wait till you're, like, 19 to hate Dad and purposely go, you know, or maybe, like, a little bit earlier. Yeah, we, he, we've, we've been through the teens to, already. He started early and be like, I hate you, Dad, and I hate your sports teams. Yeah. Now, does he root for any team or just mostly against the Cardinals for baseball? Uh, well, we got a lot of Braves fans oh, uh, in yeah. our family. And it's hard so, not to be a Braves yeah, fan right now. Yeah. yeah, Rachel loves them, and boys love them. So. Uh, but <laughs> Matthias, Matthias is probably a bit of a Royals fan. Yeah. Uh, so Salvi Perez, um, he's got a jersey for him. And, uh, so, cool. yeah. I'm trying to think if there's – is there any reason to not like Atlanta sports? I feel like I have no hostility towards them. No. They're all fun, like – you can think in our era, Dominique Wilkins, that was fun. Yeah, the Falcons yeah. had like the Dirty Bird wa- yeah. for a while. That was fun. I feel like I should dislike the Hawks for some reason, but they're not, and they're not like dominant enough where you're like, oh, those, you know, like yeah. the Braves were good, but they only won, they only won the one time. And even 90s, like Georgia, yeah. I, I like Georgia. No, yeah, and I like yeah. it when they I, when they beat Bama. I love it. Yeah. So that works. It's nothing hateable. No, yeah, it's a, it, it's fun. Even your guys is, I mean, Michigan's the only one that's hateable. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. Cardinals, too, so if you're, if you're a National League guy. You I get, respect you hate, it, though. Cardinal fans, to me, are not triumphalistic. 
At least the the contact I've had. Yeah. I've never been around a whole bunch of Cardinal fans. Yeah. Uh, and the Tigers and the Cardinals have had some good World Series over there. Good goes at it, and I respect it. Yeah, 06 was fun. Yeah, that was a and they're yeah, both absolutely pretty terrible right now. And so we can share that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I hate baseball. It's a stupid game, and I don't like it anymore. <laughs> this has been yeah, the I was it was nice year. the other day. I was at the Tigers game in Detroit, and I was messaging Mike about how bad the Tigers are. And then he was like, Cardinals are worse, and they started out, but. What was worse is the Tigers started bad and just were bad the whole game and lost it. Your Cardinals came, came back, back and lost it in, in just gut-wrenching fashion. Yeah. Which time? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, we should move on. Okay. Go on just we camera. should talk about what we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, this is Dan's idea about uh, beauty mm-hmm. and maybe tying that to catechesis. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So if we stay disciplined, tomorrow we're doing an episode on... The home altar. Home altar, and Dan has published or is about to publish some some books that we may. And so help there's going to be that. a catechetical emphasis yeah. in what we're doing today. Would it be all right, um, Dan, if you have uh, your five points here? Could we maybe share those to whet the appetite a bit, or do, would you like That's to do good. those once we get into the episode? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about beauty and studying that for a while, and um, I think beauty can do five things. Uh, Beauty stops us, beauty quiets us, beauty repents us, beauty extra noses us, and then beauty drives us. Um, I like like it. it. So if you're curious, if you've listened 18 minutes into our intro, (laughs) which is good because we didn't have free-for-all, that's what we will be talking about. We uh we forgot our disclaimer, but Michael assures me that he has it memorized. I uh, don't. So I'm gonna go ahead and, okay. and toss it to uh, you. This show doesn't speak for us. Pride doesn't speak for our our employers, employers our churches, and probably doesn't speak for us. Mm-hmm. We'll be thinking. So out, take what you. Oh yeah. We'll be thinking out loud a, a lot. lot. So. Uh, take what you hear with a healthy skepticism. As you should. Everything as a responsible resident of planet Earth. And if you do get upset, stop, look around, and realize you were just listening to a podcast. That's right. And uh, a podcast. A podcast. That's right, friends. takes us to our main topic then, which is beauty, and we'll be looking at those five things that beauty does that Dan just mentioned. I mean, I think we will work our way through one by one. Um, Michael, I'm going to let you take the lead okay? as interviewer, and then you know what I'm going to try to do, because we've got we've got two Bergs here who may or may not be related. Can we just throw that back out sure. there, maybe? May or may not be. Yeah. Um, it's a true statement. And I feel like I'm going to be doubly tempted to interrupt. Go for it. That's fine. It's, well, your, it's okay. your podcast. But for each one, here's my agreement. You introduce it. You guys briefly talk. I'm going to mute myself. And then I'll wait to jump in because I do want to get through the five. Does that sound fair? Sure. So I now present to you the Reverend Dr. Um, is it John? Michael John Berg. <laughs> Interviewing. Daniel. His may or may not be brother. 
It's weird you guys have the same last name. Yeah, Daniel and the middle name is Lewis. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it is a good one. And why? Because of a great uncle. I thought it was because we were, you were born in St. Louis. No, it's like a great, great uncle or something. It's even better that there's one reason but then the St. Louis connection. Yeah. Was that Thunder, by the way, or was that something like Crash? I think it was just a, a, a truck. Okay. All right. I am muting myself. Michael, you are in charge. Okay. So, uh, beauty, I think, is something that the ancients talked about. Uh, Mark Mattis, who, yep. who um, is familiar great to, book. to us and our listeners, has has written a nice uh, I, uh, book on Luther and, and beauty. A little heavy, right? Yeah. And, and purposely so, which is which is just, just fine and, and wonderful. Um, By the way, I don't know that we say his name the right way. I distinctly remember asking him several times about it, and I know he said that one of our friends from the Missouri Senate, a wonderful professor, says it wrong. And I feel like then we maybe also say it wrong. So I apologize if we're saying that. Okay. I know okay. it's not the same way. I believe it's not supposed to be the same way as the former general. Okay. Remember under Trump there was Mad Dog. Yeah. But, okay. 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 So is it Augustine or Augustine? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, but Aristotle thought about this. Plato thought about this. The, the, you know, August, Augustine, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Augustine uh, thought about it, that kind of stuff. Um, and for me, I, I thought about it from the apologetic point of view because I think there is an idea there that um, beauty ties us to God, and I think you can make at least a solid argument. Uh, there's no home runs in, in apologetics, but there's a solid argument that there, there's an objectivity to beauty. Yeah. And, and then you're in the moral argument for the existence of God. If there is an objective morality that needs to come from a standard and, 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 and the argument goes like that. Uh, but I think your approach is, and by the way, the most artistic probably of the Berg children, maybe sister Katie too. Yeah. But, I think Katie Got me beat by a mile. And, and dad, dad has an artist. I, I would point out again, I hate to interrupt, but... Um, <laughs> it doesn't seem like... May or may not it. be related. Anyway. And the can audience we? can pick up on cues and make their decision at the end. All right, okay. now. So um, so you're thinking it more, and still being in the parish, you're thinking it from a catechetical point of view, a pastoral point of view. And I think those... I think there there is some... I think there's some space for some literature, whether it be articles or, or books on, on beauty, from a Lutheran perspective. Yep. So, all right. So, we just took a picture, so we stopped to smile. <laughs> now, your five points, do you feel that they're, this is, is fully explored, or could there be more, a refining in, in your thinking? Absolutely. Uh, needs to be refined. I think there could be more. Some of these are um, overlap maybe so much mm -hmm. that they should be the same. Um, but with with beauty and talking about it, you almost you almost shouldn't talk about it. You see it, you experience yeah. it. And when and you then, talk about it, you somehow make it less almost? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is maybe not a great idea actually talk we're gonna about do, it <laughs> we're gonna we, do it anyway we've had many episodes that weren't great ideas so let's start with <laughs> let's start with beauty stops us what do you mean by that yeah beauty stops us so uh this this came from thomas howard 
uh, some video that he had been doing. He was talking with there's another name. I'm not sure how to pronounce Peter Kraft. Uh, the two I of think them it's were Kraft. Kraft. And we've and I've wrestled that too. I, I that's funny you mentioned him. Or did you guys talk about this last night? No, this is independent. I messaged Mike last night, so we were talking, and then I went back to the room, and I had. EWT on on because there was an interesting oh, like, yeah. thing on Ratzinger before. And he apparently has a show on there. And he quoted Luther positively on Job. Yeah. So it's funny. I really enjoy his work too. But He's done work on, on Job and Ecclesiastes. He, he yeah. makes a real forced analogy to purgatory there, but it's a fine book. And yeah, he's, he's a scholar. And anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Peter, either Kreeft or Kreft. I think it's pronounced Kreft, but it's spelled I'm K-R-E-E-F-T. going to try to Google it. And then if you hear in the background like a pronunciation thing, I'm going to mute myself, but that will be me trying to figure it out. And I think it might be Montgomery who dedicated a book to him Mm. uh, because because he has been kind of positive on uh, some things. And he came out of, uh, I think, grew up in a Methodist household before becoming (coughs) Roman Catholic. Uh, It's interesting to hear him talk about that and why. And, And that's one of the reasons I think beauty is important is one of the things that is pulling maybe evangelicals to jump ship and go all the way over to Rome or Eastern Orthodoxy is stuff like beauty. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, um, and we're missing a chance yeah, sure. to not understand it better. But, but Thomas Howard talked about, uh, you know, if you see a beautiful uh, pastoral landscape, like, like what it does is it gently puts a hand on your forearm and just says stop. And we drove down to Georgia last week, and so driving through the country and driving across rivers and things like that, there's plenty of times when I'm thinking through things and things are happening behind me with the boys and all of that, but you just see something that just stops you. Uh, and that's necessary for us. Uh, and in, outside of the Christian faith, I think people would understand that that's a necessary thing. It's not good that we're going, 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 going. And you, we try, to stop. you try to teach that to the boys in the back by saying, stop and look at this, or for my girls, put down your phones. And mm-hmm. it's something that they don't do. You know, stop hitting Uncle stop Mike. Stop hitting stuff. In the, in the jewels. And <laughs> I would, would argue that there takes a, a certain amount of maturity in living to actually appreciate and stop these things. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the many things that my wife excels at. Uh, and, and, and instead of saying, stop, boys, and look at this, leaves out the stop, leaves out the law, uh, to speak, so to speak, and just says, look, there's an eagle. You know, look at that. Isn't that amazing? And that, that's something where like, some of these overlap so much. Um, but to be stopped uh, is a helpful thing for us, um, especially in the within the Christian faith. Um, that if I'm go, 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 if I'm busy, 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 if everything's work, uh, then I'm going to miss out on something that comes long before, you know, even in, like, go through the Ten Commandments, before you get to love mom and dad and your neighbor, it's rest, Sabbath. Uh, it's be still and know that I'm God. I never thought that beauty was wrapped up in the third commandment. It is, yeah. 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 May I briefly enter, or not interrupt, but briefly jump in here with the pronunciation? Sure. 
Okay, so from, this seems to be from a reliable source, from petercrift.com. It says, his last name is pronounced K-R-A-Y-F-T, not K-R-E-E-F-T or K-R-E-H-F-T. You're so right. I'm going to go ahead and say it's, you said Kraft, right? Yeah. So I believe that is correct. All right. We need to uh, email Mark Brown because this is where this has come up before. Okay. This is where I got the Kraft from. I will make a note but to maybe, do that. Maybe he pronounced it right and I was, I was misinformed. All right, I'm going to let you two continue the interview, and I'm going to pause myself until I can be of use again. Okay. Thank you. Just another pronunciation in a minute. Number, or it, are you still want to go stop, or do you want to go to Yeah, stop? I don't know if you had anything else on, on stop. I or, think we, we can circle back if we want. Number yeah. two was... Beauty quiets us. Quiets us, okay. And so uh, stop and quiet overlap a whole lot. Um, so quiet... Uh, quiets me on the inside. So it, uh, it not just grabs my attention in my eyeballs mm-hmm. um, from the outside in a sense, but it stops the things that are going on inside. It stops my mind. It quiets that. Uh, and so people talk about losing themselves when they go to an art museum. Yeah, like in a good way, losing yourself. Yeah. yeah. You lose yourself in this movie or this bit of music. Uh, State or Park. Or the state park, park yeah. yeah. You go to the Grand Canyon, and you can quiet yourself. So, thinking about uh, meditation, which is yeah. a huge thing right now for for atheists, for religious people, um, where do you meditate? Well, you go to the beach. You go to a place where there's running water. You go to the Grand Canyon. You go uh, to an art museum. Where can I quiet things going on inside of myself so that I can um, calm down in, in some way? Again, a third commandment kind of thing. Absolutely. Kind of thing. And then perhaps for, for the, the, the Christian way of thinking is, is also when, when you're quiet, read, you stop talking, then you, <laughs> can, yeah. you can start listening to, to the word, right? So he who has ears, let him hear. Uh, Jesus, you know, there's a footnote, I think, in one of the uh, early tra- early manuscripts that says, also shut up. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he who has ears, Let uh, listen, shut but it. also you're going to need to shut it first. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, be still and listen. Yeah. Right? So, um, and so we want to be careful here that we're not saying, oh, you go out into nature and you're still, and then God gently whispers to you about No, what, not at all. But... Being still and contemplating these things, not only you not talking and your your mind going crazy, but maybe even quiets that inner voice that always has the answers, and you start asking maybe questions like why, yeah. you yeah. know, and big questions which are answered then by the, the the living voice of God. Right, and so it'd be fair to say, if I'm not mistaken, so far we're not necessarily to anything explicitly Christian, but we're we're at things that are preparing for the explicitly they're, they're not unchristian either yeah yeah right that this is um the so person who has a sense that they need some sort of peace mm-hmm. they're meditating in nature they're taking time they're it's not bad that they recognize that need but it's it's not um explicitly christian yet but these are um it's third commandment in the sense of it's recognizing something about people that needs to be true 
and then I think we're going to move more explicitly Christian. Does that sound fair or? Yeah. So if, if, uh, if beauty, if, if a pastoral landscape, sunset, whatever, if it quiets me on the inside, okay, that's good. But what happens next can be very dangerous. So some of the uh, mindfulness meditation out there, well, if I'm going to quiet things inside, what it, uh, what, what's going to be filling that space? It almost becomes a bigger, of more significant importance than what I'm giving my ears to. Yes. Because I've stopped and I've been quiet. Now I'm going to give it attention. Yeah. I'm going to give myself over to it. And if I'm going to give myself over to some inner voice that's going to tell me what I want to hear, then I'm just all in on the theology of glory and that's going to kill me. Right. But if it becomes, if I recognize that beauty can be a third commandment issue, um, or an aid to yeah. uh, third commandment. If I'm going to quiet, be quieted on the inside. So if you set up your church building in such a way uh, that uh, looking at a window, looking at what we have uh, in in the sanctuary, that that quiets me, and then teach people, well, when I'm quiet, then what do I want to listen to? Yep. And the third commandment does both of those things, right? God is saying, stop working. And I think for, for a couple of reasons. One, don't be a workaholic. If I can take a day off, you can take a day off. Yeah. But it says stop so that you can enjoy the good gifts that I have given to you, right? Enjoy your family, enjoy time. But primarily stop so that you will know <clears throat> what I have done for you for your eternity and there gives you a certain peace so that you can actually be set free to enjoy yeah. these yeah. things. And, and when I say too, that so they're, they're is, not they're not fighting right. each other necessarily. No. And when I say these aren't necessarily yeah. Christian things, these can be very Christian things. Yeah. Because sometimes it's 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 no one more than Christian sometimes needs to be told you need to stop and be quiet. Um, and perhaps Protestants especially have not been good at recognizing that beauty can provide an opportunity for stopping and being quiet. Um, the hyper fear of uh, right. the second commandment, according right. to their Right, and the numbering. idea of yeah. when we are going to have things that may be beautiful, and in Arminian background, they're often used in a manipulative fashion mm -hmm. for effect, and true beauty doesn't need to be manipulated for effect. No. The sense I'm getting, right, true beauty is recognized for what it is. It's um, not part of consumerism. Right. And so the third commandment, when we're talking about gladly hearing and learning, I think there's um, there's plenty of Christians that, not just on Sunday morning, but throughout the week, and we'll get into that with the home altar, which I would say connected to that is sometimes if there is a place set aside for a home altar, to have that be a place of beauty, mm -hmm. um, iconography or, or art or whatever it might be, can be very useful um, that this isn't, this isn't, I'm not saying that this is unchristian. I just mean that it's a contact point that even the, the non-Christian can, it's kind of, you mentioned with atheists and kind of stoicism has taken hold with a number yeah. of atheists too. Even the atheist recognizes, right, yeah. that there's something valuable in this or that it's, while they might deny like the metaphysical, they get that there's something that, that en enriches the human experience, even if they might not go so far as saying um, that it's part of human nature 
Because they might not assign a human nature, but it's they, a, they a, get yeah, there's something to a, it. There's a common language there, yeah. which is, is, and ironically, I, I think, like you said, the atheist uh, maybe rediscovering certain, um, with, with meditation, all this, this, this sort of holistic sort of turn that we're going to, uh, rediscovering some of the ancients, um, and, and in evangelicalism, my experience has been there's been a turn towards appreciating beauty and meditation and this stuff. And there's an attraction to, well, as you said before, some people jump ship to go, to go, to go jump over Lutheranism to go to, yep. Rome um, and but there, there is a movement within evangelicalism to appreciate these things. Ironically, I think it actually doesn't come through necessarily the Bible or the, the history of the Christian church, although sometimes it does. I think it ironically comes from a rediscovery of Aristotle and Plato and Saint and, and a movement for evangelical Christians to say we should be studying philosophy. Uh, uh, you know, we should be teaching this um, and sending our undergrads to PhD programs, and which has happened quite a bit. And so, well, you, you can't you can't go back to the fonts and not. And not tackle the idea of beauty, yeah, right. And so, uh, in, a, in an ironic way, I think uh, many Protestants go go back to to the Greeks, and then find themselves back into the history of the true ch- church and rediscovering the sense of beauty. And yeah. and I think they miss out on something in that too. And don't worry, I'm going to mute myself again in a second. <laughs> but partly because we Lutherans have not done a very good job. Oh, it's our fault of appreciating oh, our heritage. <clears throat> is I think a lot of evangelicals are tempted by what they see as beauty in Roman Catholicism or Eastern Orthodoxy um, because it's old, because it's different, right? Um, And you take Eastern Orthodoxy, and and I like a good icon, don't get me wrong, but iconography is part and parcel of it. Is it not being three-dimensional, of it not being... It's otherworldly, it's ethereal. Much of of, um, Roman Catholic art is the same way. And I think one of the things that we miss out on when we don't, when we fail to recognize that the Reformation also was this huge creative moment, and Reformational art, Lutheran at least, um, was beautiful but not otherworldly. If that makes sense. There was a difference between the Northern Renaissance and yes. the Southern Renaissance. Yeah, and and I think um, that like evangelicals are sometimes setting themselves to be burnt out on what they're perceiving as beauty because of the it's the pure difference of it it's it's not um it's not earthy right mm-hmm. and and maybe we're missing something of the the treasures that we have in the in the earthiness of of the art that we've a, that a, we've gr- a grittiness yeah all right i will mute myself again yeah yeah a grunewald's yeah crucifixion yeah yeah but uh, to, to something you just said um, so thinking about beauty is unavoidable for the last 500 years or whatever I don't know if I'm going to say this properly but it's it's either been like villainized like or you know, that's you know, think about some Protestants well that's just bad stuff mm-hmm. and so what kind of church are we going to make just blank walls Plain. and things like that which, um, which is not completely different than the modern art movement. Yeah. Yeah. A minimalist kind of, yeah. for maybe different reasons, but I think they're tied together. Okay. Yeah. Or it, it's something that I control. 
uh, a tool that I can use in some way. Uh, and, and you're thinking maybe like the church logo, like stuff like that design yeah. for a, for a, for a fairly consumer. Yeah. It's made practical consumerist. Purpose. Not yeah. necessarily in a bad way. No, not, that's not a bad thing, but. And even just lights and mood things that are clearly for effect. It's not that they're sometimes not beautiful, but they're not, um, not for the sake of itself. Right. There, there is a definite. It's not beauty for beauty. There's definitely a purpose, and that purpose is, uh, to to make people get to a decision. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. we think of like C.S. Lewis in the Four Loves, and he talks about a pleasure of appreciation. Yes. It's something that you just can't imagine it not existing. It's kind of um, you know he, he talks about a great painting, but also, you know, he talks about a fine wine, and I. There were a couple times I would go over to Michael's house and, and they appreciate a nice wine. And they, um, well, sometimes offer that. And I, I know this makes me not a sophisticated person, but all wine to me just tastes like Jolly Ranchers. Like, <laughs> I can't tell the difference. It tastes like Jolly Ranchers with some kick. And so I think I, I don't think I take wine at your house anymore. I'll just get a PBR, right, or something. Um, and that's not because the wine is bad. It's because the wine is good. But I just don't appreciate it like I no. should for its sake. Um, the the beauty for effect is not a pleasure of appreciation. It's after something, right? There's there's a telos to it. Whereas real beauty in and of itself doesn't have a telos other than it is beauty. Very, very so often. There, yeah, it, so it can the, be didactic, but yeah, yeah. It's the uti and the frui. You know, is, is this uh, the uti, like, this is a tool that I'm going to use, and I'm on top of it, I'm in control of it. Uh, is it the frui uh, instead, where this is something to enjoy for what it is? And so one of the things that um, is closely tied to this um, is reference, which I think has been, um, I don't think I understood it. I just still don't think I totally understand it. I don't think I understood it at all until about five years ago and starting to think through it a little bit more and doing some reading about it. And uh, what, what reverence, what reverence uh, has, it, it, uh, it has space and silence that, that are necessary to, to have reverence for something uh, where you allow the thing to have some space to unfold what it is so that I can appreciate it for what it is. So that even if I'm not going to uh, actually take another glass of the wine, I can step back and say, this is a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, I'll have my PBR, but this is a good thing. Right. Uh, but I yeah. give it some space rather than being up on top of it and f just thinking about um, my feelings about it or do I think it's useful to me. It's something I was thinking about when you were talking about and. We don't want to go too far afield, so we'll go to number okay. number three. Yeah, three, three next. Um, but uh, I can remember, and this is not my finest uh, parental moment, but uh, my youngest daughter was complaining about reading. We're like, you got to read. This is years ago. Go read for a half an hour or whatever. <clears throat> She's like, I don't like reading. I'm like, you should read. And then I would usually go into the, the purpose of words and John 1 and Genesis 1, and uh, it's you know way over my kids yep. head but I'm doing that on purpose just to like bother them mm -hmm. and then she would say reading's boring and I would say no 
you're boring. boring. Exactly. And so I can, I can say like, okay, I don't appreciate, like, I don't, I don't appreciate wine actually. Like I, to me, I'm probably more in your boat where like, okay, I kind of know this is good or bad, but not really that much. And I don't go wine stupid. I go, I'm kind of missing something. Like there's probably a part of life that I'm, and it's not a big deal. It's not a cut. And, it's and not it's, a cut on me. Who cares? Right. My palate hasn't been shaped for it. I yeah. don't know enough about what goes in. Into, I mean, but it's not wine's fault. It's my exactly. fault. Exactly. Yeah. And and I don't think the people who truly enjoy it and can speak about, it, I don't think they're making that up. <laughs> I I I'm just missing out on it. And, yeah. and, and they you know they can they can be a little bit. Uh, Annoying with that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I know that I'm missing something. It's not a big deal, but I do know that I'm missing something, and it does speak to to the idea that there is this, there is something that is full and beautiful and wonderful that comes out in so many different ways. Whether it be, oh, uh, like like I, uh, I'm not a connoisseur of art, but I'm definitely more in tune to 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 art than I am wine, right? And and I I know that there's something there in all of these different avenues, and I think all in this way all roads do lead to God. Yeah. Well, and, and maybe there's something similar here, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. To conscience, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> a good conscience is a well-formed conscience. Yeah, conscience is also gift from God. There's something objective to conscience. A, a well-formed conscience is, recognizes things that are objectively right or wrong. Um, but it does have to be formed. Is there maybe something to beauty that's like that? Things There's things that are objectively beautiful. But if I've not been properly formed to it, I won't appreciate it as much. So um, I would say there's things in sports that are objectively beautiful. Yeah. But... If I'm not properly formed to understand that sport and what went into it and made it beautiful, there's people for whom a perfect game in baseball would be exceedingly boring and make no sense. There's other people for whom they would right really appreciate that, um, you know, a, a, a well-run play in football. I think soccer's a big one. Like I remember um, when Ziggy first started playing soccer in high school, and just I was like, "This is gonna be a long four years." <laughs> Because it seemed like nothing was going on. By the time he's graduating as a senior, like I'm, I now understand what when parents were like, "Way to win the ball!" Like whereas early on, I'm like, "Ah, what do you mean win the ball? Like nothing happened." Um, but as I'm formed to it, and I would say, I mean, is that fair? Maybe that there's both aspects. It beauty is objectively beautiful, and yet I might not. In fact, I might be so male-formed that I actually hate beauty. Yeah. The same as my conscience might be so male-formed that I actually hate what is ethically good. Like jealousy. Right. Jealousy could be one avenue of that, yeah. So Dietrich von Hildebrand talks about uh, the uh, my ability to um, recognize something's proper value. And some people uh, don't have that at all and there's a there's a numbness uh that they have uh but it's something that you can grow in uh and uh, i i think one of the, maybe one of the better ways to to grow in it is again something that I love about my wife and what my boys are seeing in her when she has such joy over seeing the moon 
um, at a particular time with the, the, the shape that it is, how big it is, and she's just excited at that. It's something outside of her. It's not about them and their behavior right now. It's not about teaching them a lesson or anything like that. It's just, look at that over there. That's awesome. Uh, and uh, that's, uh, well, maybe just move on to the, the next one and maybe to wrap up kind of that point what we're trying to say is and if i don't appreciate that in all the dozens hundreds millions of ways that god yeah. i'm impoverished for it right yeah. i'm and boring i'm yeah. i'm impoverished for that because i don't actually appreciate wine now not a big deal who cares yeah. i got many other things but if i'm impoverished in this thing this thing this thing and this thing this thing this thing i mean i, I can add up yeah. to a kind of a sad life yeah. So and beauty stops you, thinks, and, and quiets you so that you can think about these things. Yeah. Michael, can we each do one thing real quick? Yeah. There's been a lot of wife praise here, which I like, and I'm sure is very well deserved. Yeah. yeah. How about you say one nice thing about Amanda real quick? Because um, I feel like we don't do wife praise that often. We should. Now I feel like we should. Yeah. So my, my wife um, uh, works harder than me, is nicer than me, is smarter than me. She promotes you. She's very positive she is, about things. She do. is more loyal than anybody I've ever met. Mm-hmm. That's very good. My wife does not divorce me. <laughs> She's a very hard worker. Adult in the house. Um, very caring. Very sympathetic. And um, does not divorce me. I would, I, really I would say I'm sure there is a... Yeah, there's a St. Patricia, I'm sure. But I don't know if there's she's a not Patricia, though. She's uh, just that's what Patricia. I'm saying. I don't think there's a Saint Trisha. Right. But there will be. <laughs> I, I just thought we should do that because I was feeling like we don't do that and there's Can I can I like phone up the Vatican? I'm like You're not hey, this was about us saying us this wasn't about criticizing Wade. <laughs> <laughs> and this wasn't about you saying my wife suffers. We each said something about our wife. All right, can we get to the next thing? Yeah, yeah. so to kind of touch on something you said before and, and lead into the, the, the next one, I've been thinking about this a little bit uh, with boredom. Uh, and considering the world that we have, I, and so, so just nature, so for everyone, whether believer or not believer, and then also as a believer, with the message of the gospel that we have, um, it's only when I'm boring that I can be bored because there's just too much awesome stuff out there. So maybe a presentation could be boring, but I, so if the presenter, and you guys did a wonderful job Thanks. presenting today, but, um, but if a present, like if I'm at work and uh, there's a, and some guy's got to give a presentation and he's just bombing and everyone's bored, if I remain a boring person who's shallow and just on the level of this is boring, then, okay, I can be bored. But even if he's being boring, if I'm deep enough to consider him as a human being, as a person who's maybe, maybe he's not uh, handing it out very well, but maybe he's got something good. Maybe I can lean in. Maybe I can consider more than am I being entertained right now. Well, this is spoken like a guy who's never been to a faculty senate meeting. (laughs) Nothing. Um, we I would we say love this. our colleagues. <laughs> we, we, love, we do. Would you like to say something nice about our colleagues? <laughs> we have wonderful colleagues. I we just we would like to spend time with them in settings other than meetings. Uh, and 
to be fair, we make those run very, very, very smooth. Yes. These are necessary evils, which is the definition of okay. a meeting. Now, but the next one, unless you had something. Well, I, got, I want to say something about boredom just for a second. Because there is this idea like it's good for you to be bored, but what they mean is not the same thing that you mean. You mean right. bored in the sense that either this is beneath me or I don't have the ability to actually make this interesting to me because I'm impoverished, I'm missing something. Mm -hmm. What they mean by it's good for you to be bored is uh, put your phone down and, and stop and be forced to be in your own thoughts kind of thing. So really what, what they mean is your first two, they stops us and quiets us. And I would say probably the third one, which is it repents us. Okay, go. That if I'm, that if it's good, if it's good for me to be bored so that it stops me, it quiets me, but it also makes me think about me and where, where am I lacking? So you're, uh, your firstborn is put into your arms for the first time. And that beauty makes you think, you know what? I need to stop acting uh, like, uh, like I was acting as a freshman in college. Um, I need to start growing up. I need to change. You know, this, is, this is so amazing um, that I want to be better. And, and I think that that is something... Our culture is very much about maybe not as idealistic as you you put it there, but I want you know how many times do you hear like my New Year's resolution mm -hmm. is to cook and to stop and enjoy life and smell the roses or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think there is a uh, spiritual aspect here, a spiritual formation even about saying, yeah, I part of this was on me. Yeah. I was pretty darn selfish, right? Like, like having a child immediately, immediately uh, hammers you with the law of your own selfishness. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and that's why we say to our teenage children, like, just wait, just you wait. Child, yeah. And, and, and we are not going to feel bad for you in, you know, yeah. in 25 years when, yeah. when you have these, just but we wait. will. We will feel bad. Uh, we absolutely will because we'll be mel more mellow by then. Right. But there's a point there that God cannot, and this is in a roundabout way, what you're saying, beauty repents you. It's going to lead to your next one extra nose. Yeah. This, this repenting and turning you is God doing that, yeah. often with suffering and law. But it's interesting that you think that maybe there's a little bit of through beauty there is there is this... There's a message of law. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, I mean and uh, there can be both. So on Sunday, we had Luke 5 and the miraculous catch of fish. And so that's what a beautiful thing you would say. And what does Peter say? Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but within all the, the whole uh, account, there's this beauty of the gospel that Jesus doesn't go away. Like, uh, he's, he's not going to uh, give Peter the hell that he's asking for, you know, um, send me away, yeah. um, you know, I, I never knew you. Uh, he's asking for that, but Jesus doesn't do it. And he even says, you know what, you're useful to me. I got yeah. stuff for you to do. And, and, and not only does he just keep giving us the gospel, he just keeps giving us beauty too. Right? Yeah. And not to be corny, but there's rainbow after the 
storm, you know? Yeah. I mean, th there is something about, there's always a new day. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, I missed a little bit because I went to get another Capri Sun. Um, out <laughs> that, of, is, that is a very dark know. whiskey Capri, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Capri Sun. Um, I didn't know they had whiskey Capri Sun. So we're on the refine too. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to throw something out there, and then um, and we're doing fine on time. I, I like, I'm liking where this is going. Um, what about the sense too? So, um, Isaiah can speak about our Lord and say there was right nothing in his appearance that should draw our mm -hmm. attention. Um, he can present him in a way that seems downright unbeautiful. Yeah, and yet the same Isaiah when he talks about the suffering servant is, um, he's presenting a, a very not just powerful but beautiful picture. Um, I, I think of a. Uh, we were Jason and I were in Rome in, in March, and we went to um, was it the Academy or whatever Michelangelo is, uh, and then a, a couple other museums. And, and you know, you think of Michelangelo and others. There's the rock, and then they're going to bring something out of the rock. But you you think of um, the Pieta or or other works of art uh, that that sculptors or artists do, and there's a a beauty even in the unbeauty mm -hmm. of what's happening, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so the very Christ who there's nothing in his appearance that should attract us, whose passion is presented and, and seems so ugly when read on yes. Good Friday, also there's these things depicted that are just exceedingly beautiful because of, of who Christ is and what he has done. And so we get to the repentance and we'll get to the extra nos. I'm not trying to get to the extra nos with this part. Mm -hmm. But is there maybe something that um, beauty repents us, especially and even when we find beauty in the unbeautiful? So this is uh, not something uh, planning on talking about. But um, so these five things, um, an atheist could look at them and find a way to understand all of them. Uh, you know, you see, you see. Your firstborn uh, and the beauty of that makes you want to be better. So, absolutely nothing uniquely Christian about that. Um, for there to be the lasting beauty, to get to the objective beauty, the Psalm twenty-seven, I want to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, and that's why I think that's the best argument for when talking to other Christians uh, to say, of course, there's uh, beauty is objective. There's the beauty of the Lord, um, but to get to uh, the lasting kind of beauty, it only comes through the ugliness of the suffering of the cross. So I think like if, if we get the right kind of thinkers in the Lutheran church over you know, decades, it, I think it might take a while, um, I, th I think where we might be able to offer something amazing is the connection between like a theology of beauty and a theology of suffering. I, I, so the way I, this is apologetic class. So it's coming from this, this, this point of view where I, I try to make the case. Okay. There's, there's object beauty's objective. And, and I have a few bits that are kind of funny to, to get to that point. And then, then I have to say, but what about the cross? Why do you call that ugly Friday? Good. Right, which is exactly yeah. what you're talking yeah. about. And this is theology of the cross talk. Because my eyeballs betray me. Yeah. And the only way that I know that I 
the only way I can call a spade a spade, which is when you're a theologian of the cross, is to uh, be told. Yes. Yeah. The word of God has to interpret beauty for you in order for you to take that step. You need a preacher, a John the Baptist, and uh, Matthias Grunewald's painting, point with his ugly finger, pointing at that ugly body of the Lord Jesus on the cross. And when you see that... Uh, that ugliness, then only can you understand beauty. And this and is that, Romans that, 8, 2, that I'm going to use yeah. whatever is good for... Yeah. Right. And this is what always strikes me with, with something like the Pieta, where, yeah. where, you know, here's this mother holding the son who, I mean, it's often, um, I don't want to say exaggerated, it's realistic probably, mm-hmm. on, on how beaten and malnourished and um, unhealthy Christ looks, dead on her lap. And that that's like, I mean, that was in my grandpa's, my mom's dad's funeral on the casket my grandma had this put which seems like a if anyone didn't know the account it's grotesque mm-hmm. like wait a second why are this it almost seems like something that's happening like when israel and palestine's fighting and you see the scene of someone who's lost a loved sure, one and, yeah. And, yeah. You, and that's not beautiful in no way is that beautiful you go that is that is it's wrong you want to you know to cry out for for justice or why but then, you know, that Christians, like, that this thing pops up again or themes like that pop up again. Um, and perhaps, right, is there is there something in the fact, too, that it's not just that that's beautiful objectively in the sense of, like, it's a, it's a depiction that we should look at and go, okay, that was really craftily done. But it repents us in the fact of um, that it's that it's in the unbeautiful, yeah. right? That that's that that that's that God has taken that and made that a thing that that stirs us. I think of Paul Gerhard, and um, you know, supposedly, um, "O sacred head now," or "A lamb goes uncomplaining forth," and "O sacred head now," one of mm-hmm. these great passion hymns, and he translates Bernard Clairvaux into into German and makes it better. But supposedly in Mittenwalde, on the altar, there was this um, passion of Christ, the, the crown of thorns. And he's seeing that while, you know, 30 years war, plague is going, and this strikes him. And by all accounts, that seems to be like this, like medieval, kind of like overdone, grotesque, like suffering Christ. And yet you look at what it moves him to write, and he's, he's singing of, of suffering, but of beauty and suffering, right? This it's almost like a love song, yeah, right. Um, yeah, and that's striking to me that, and and I don't want to sound like an antinomian where Agricola says like, "Well, we just preach the gospel and that moves people to repentance," because it's, um, but there is something uh, to seeing how I, who live in the midst of such unbeauty, so often miss the beauty that. Christ in me, seeing Christ in others that would, would recognize. I, I don't know that I'm saying it well, and I said too many words today already, but it, that strikes me yeah. with the repenting picture. Yeah, so the theology of the cross and beauty uh, have to be, I, I don't think we can get beauty right without the theology of the cross. Uh, and uh, to thinking about hymns, um, beautiful Savior, 
I wouldn't change any of the words in there, but some poet needs to add a verse, um, <laughs> an Isaiah verse about our ugly savior. Yeah. Um, and to, to, I mean, four verses of that, you know, I wouldn't want to look at them. Uh, I would turn my face away. I mean, uh, if I'm going to get to the beauty that is objective and that I want to gaze at for the rest of eternity, like Psalm 27, um, it's that ugliness of the cross. He's pictured in heaven as the lamb. Yeah. Yeah. Lamb who was slain. Yeah. His his scars are now trophies. Yeah. 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 So the beauty repents us uh, in, in, for for someone who's not a Christian, it's just uh, repentance in that one sense of, of of contrition. I recognize what's wrong with me, but for the Christian and the theology of the cross, there's those that uh, two parts: contrition and faith. That it turns me to this uh, in Christ. But so, extranosis next. Extranos, yeah. Let's do that. Beauty extranoses us. It turns us outside of ourselves. Uh, so. And kind of overlapping with like your Capri Sun is making a lot of noise when you do that. Just so you know, I thought this was kind of like a thinking fellows kind of <laughs> classy. Oh, you're in the vibes now? Yeah. Uh, classy. You're a styrofoam cup. <laughs> a styrofoam <laughs> cup from the Holiday Inn yeah. Express. I will say that is uh, it doesn't get more wells than a bunch of pastors hanging out in a Holiday Inn drinking out of a uh, a little plastic water cup and a styrofoam cup. We are cup. on the opposite side of the spectrum of the Episcopalians mm-hmm. who are classy, dress nice, mm-hmm. and relatively skinny. All right, extra <laughs> notes. But there's still beauty in this, I would say. Yeah, but they're more beautiful. I'm getting us a, a far extra field again. Extra notes. So beauty extra noses us, uh, it, uh, uh, which is a made-up verb, um, but it turns us outside of ourselves. Uh, so extra outside of us. Um, and you see that in any kind of artist. Uh, that they're, again, kind of losing themselves in what they're painting or what they're singing about or, or things like that. And they've like had that. to be turned outside themselves to even be creating this. Yeah. So. yeah. Let's honest, many artists go through suffering to get to that point. Yeah, yeah and yeah. this thing to them that they're capturing, it's real to them, right? It's, yeah. it's a thing outside. Sorry, go ahead. And, it's, and it, if, if an artist is only tapping into what's inside of him... Um, then it'll his art will be as shallow as his shallow heart, um, but when he's uh, when he sees uh, war torn, uh, you know, brought up before, you, know, you see that ugliness, and this moves him. This is something that uh, he's focused outside of himself. Um, and then, of course, for for the Christian, it's I mean that, that Matthias Grunewald. You know, John the Baptist is with his bony, ugly fingers pointing us outside of us to Christ, and then um, we're also turned outside of ourselves to our neighbor. Uh, and because beauty is not something that um, is about me and what I like, and me enjoying the things that I like. Uh, that's the more things that, that you might call pretty. Yeah, and that's a the difference between decoration and art. Yeah. Decoration says, oh, that's nice. That, that makes me mm-hmm. feel nice. Art is like something that, again, stops you, quiets yeah. you, moves you, makes you think, okay. Yeah. It's decorational, uh, this is how uh, I am expressing myself, who yeah. I am here. Right. Absolutely. That's, of, a, yeah. that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Okay, you got one more? The other one is drives us. Uh, and so, uh, again, thinking about the 
your newborn. Yeah. Um, I want to be better. Um, and the beauty of the cross, the beauty of that ugliness, uh, drives me to uh, be like the angels, to long to look into these things, uh, to love the gospel more and more, um, but then also to serve my neighbor. It moves me into my vocation. Yeah, and if you're going to talk vocational, then you then, being curved outward and seeing things through the lens of the cross, you see beauty in, diff- you see beauty in more places than yeah. you thought. Yeah. And uh, beauty then, um, you see beauty in the very simple acts of love, right? Um, and, and to wrap, maybe to kind of wrap up a little bit, just the, the idea of beauty and morality being tied together. Yeah. Uh, beauty, if beauty is objective, who gets to decide? Well, I think it's tied to morality more than, than, than we think. And, and in fact, we, we use that in everyday language. Racism is not just wrong. We often say it's ugly. Yes. Um, when I see, um, you know, somebody doing a unselfish kind act, I may often think about that as beautiful, right? And there's a reason why that just rolls off our tongue as a natural description of those things. Yeah. So Holy Thursday, Judas is ugly. Jesus on his knees washing feet. That's beautiful. Yeah. it's good. This is good. And I think we're, well over time, probably. Okay. I think that overtime is a social construct. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't know that I can give an answer on it for overtime okay. or not. Okay. Um, you might be over your time. You have to decide that. Yeah. Okay. For myself. Right. As curved inward human being. That creates my own destiny. We're, we're at an hour nine, but I think this has been very good. I've enjoyed it. And if you guys have stuff you want to say, I, I don't think, think listeners are going to complain. I think we can, we, we, if we got some bullets still in the... If you want listeners to complain, I can say something for them to we complain can, uh, about, but I don't can save it for next this. time. So I think, and I know you would agree, Wade, and I know you would agree, Dan, that... Can I ask each of you one thing? When distracted. I'm... F- Just permit me one thing, please. So Michael keeps turning, and what do you keep looking at while we're talking? I just... Um, and then if, when you do it, I think it's fair to say, Dan, I do it, and then I've noticed you also do it. The, can the we whole, just briefly, boom, 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 most beautiful playing sports? What's okay, the most so beautiful thing that can happen in sports? Um, I would say a perfectly laid down bunt. Mm-hmm. I was going to say a squeeze bunt. Squeeze um, bunt. Something like suicide that. squeeze? Yeah. I think it's interesting. I would bend along the, I think, similar lines. It's interesting we all go to baseball. I, w- I would say going first to third. I would say a uh, right fielder throwing. Now, are you just saying plate. baseball because it's on TV, or you would go no, to baseball? No, I think base. I mean, I, I think soccer is the most sensual of all the sports. <laughs> oh. And I'm, I'm not going to say why on the on air, uh, but I think baseball is the most beautiful, beautiful sport. I think in soccer would be up there of just a well placed. It's a like, beautiful game. A ball, put it in a ball on your yeah. teammate's foot. They put it in. But I, I, I want to say something in hockey, but I can't think yeah. of it. Hockey's, distinct hockey play, but there's beautiful things that happen. Hockey's a beautiful ugliness, oh. um, but a baseball jump shot can be beautiful. But yeah, baseball—the art and architecture of baseball—is my that's the my earliest memory of beauty and starting to love beauty. Just uniforms and, and stadiums. That's true of and stadiums with baseball yeah. in a way that Those is not in other cathedrals. sports. Yeah, other sports have stadiums and they can be cool. I don't know if it's that the geometry in baseball is. I think so. Enough they alike, but cathedrals. there could be enough difference that if you you have to have a certain amount of uniformity. And I would say there's there's a lot a lot of movement without collision 
in baseball. And so there is, there is something, everything kind of moves together rather than just a, a, even in soccer, there's enough collisions yeah. that. Can I say my baseball thing? Yeah. I would say a well-turned double play. Yeah. 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 A second, second base shortstop first. The classic mm-hmm. Sweet Lou Whitaker yeah. to Alan Trammell. Alan Trammell to whoever the first baseman was. It didn't matter. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would say this, and you would, both of you would agree, that it really to understand, to be free enough to understand beauty, right, is to be freed from the burden of trying to please God trying to find value and and uh, justification in all of these things, including art. And so because we know where we're, we're, we're going, we don't need to be pressured to, you know, go to every art museum. Mm-hmm. At the same time, um, we, we realize that God is giving these gifts to us to enjoy. It's like it's a, a whole world given back to us. And so I think, uh, listeners, we would like you to do one thing when you think about beauty and how you how it comes to you and appreciate it, and that is let the bird fly. Uh, every evening when the sun goes down. My party and I begin to cry. I don't care what the people are thinking. I'm not drunk, I'm just a tank. I said, I'm up another round. 